My name is Anna, and this is Brain Cookies. And I'm Joseph. This is a podcast where twice a week we get together and we discuss topics that we've recently researched and discuss them in front of you guys. Now, Anna, what have you researched today? Well, I've read up a little bit about the benefits of reading print books as well as um, researched what reading does to your brain. And then I have some recommendations for people who want to get more reading done during the quarantine. That sounds interesting. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Um, I'm going to be talking about um, the negative effects of too much screen time and overuse of our phones and devices. Um, we're going to take a really fast break and we'll be right back with you guys. Then we'll start talking about our subjects. Thank you. guys we're back and joseph's gonna start by talking about the problems associated with too much screen time and jojo where did you start out when you began researching that subject well i just started out looking at the amount of time that um, adults teens kids spend on um, their screens and it was kind of astounding because i didn't realize how much time we spend on our phones or so phones specifically, or phones, computers, we're, TVs? We're using everything. So um, okay. TVs, computers, smartphones, and tablets. Okay. So we're not including music. <clears throat> so, and also all of these statistics, I'm just saying, um, it, they can double up. So if you are watching a movie, but you're also interacting with your phone, which, then that yeah, counts okay. for double time, which, I mean... Is kind of it makes sense because your attention is split. But yeah, I mean you're using two screens. Uh-huh. So, um, so the average adult spends eleven hours every day on a TV, computer, smartphone, or tablet. Wow. Which is crazy because that's like half of twenty four hours basically. Uh huh. I mean it's eleven, so it's not actually. But <laughs> teens spend an average of nine hours per day on. So less than adults. Uh, yes, but nine hours, because they have school. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? So and this is not counting educational use. So this okay. is talking about recreational use. Wow. Um, and then eight to 12-year-olds spend six hours per day, which is insane, if you mm-hmm. think about it. That's middle school? What, what is that? Eight to 12-year-olds. That's like... Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that's earlier than middle school. Okay, something like that. Um... And then for the, an adult, this means 77 hours in a week, which is more than any Far of us a full-time work. job, yeah. yeah. Um, and then 308 in a month and 154 days per year. That's really sobering. Days, 24-hour days. Yes, yes. Um, I think that's right because if you think about it, 24 hours, that's almost like, that's like half of the thing, so... Mm-hmm. Um, which is insane to think that. I mean, obviously, like I said, the, um, the, if you're using two sh- screens, those add up. Mm-hmm. Um, Which a lot of people do. I know whenever we watch a movie, somebody's inevitably on their phone texting mm-hmm. at the same time. Which, well, the crazy thing about this is that, um, you know, we talk, not that we specifically have talked about this, but there's a lot of things um, like intermittent fasting, vaping, or any of those other things. Not saying that those are comparable even, but mm-hmm. uh, in terms of things that we don't know, there's not a ton of research. Uh-huh. Um, well, since the internet w- only came about in the past, like, 25 or so years, people are still figuring out um, what the long-term effects of mm-hmm. spending so much time on screens are. 
but we do know that there are some short-term effects, um, a lot of them, in fact. Um, the crazy part is that we're taking a lot of other things, like diets and stuff, that are meant to be healthy, and we're putting those away, and we're like, I don't know if I want to try that, because I'm not sure what the long-term effects are, mm -hmm. but we <clears> see <throat> all the, these effects of too much screen time, and we ignore them. Hmm. So the different effects, um, this is including kids and adults, or teens and adults, okay. adults is obesity. Uh -huh. Because even if you're only spending two hours sitting down on your phone, tablet, whatever you want to say, that's insane because mm -hmm. regularly, those other two hours, you either be reading, which is more mentally tasking. I'm sure you're going to talk about that. A little bit, yeah. Um, and Or you'd be outside hanging out with your friends. Mm -hmm. um, and so that dynamic has changed a lot, and you're not expected to be doing something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so obesity is a big problem. Sleep disturbances. Um, and I'm going to talk well, about how sense. to fix this, all of these. Well, not necessarily all of these, but most of them. And... Sleep disturbances, you know, you use your phone as an alarm. Mm -hmm. That's your excuse to have it next to your bed. But then if you um, get a text in the middle of the night, you might wake up and... See, that's... I it. just turn off my notifications. <clears throat> Which is so smart, that's, but I think a lot of people That's don't. never been... I can't imagine having my notifications on no, at night. I have a roommate. I think the case. biggest problem is just getting on um, before you go to bed. Uh -huh. you know what I mean, it's really easy because then you're like, okay, you know... This I mean, I can, time. I can understand if you've been working all day mm -hmm. and you're just like, okay, I'm just going to sit around for an hour or something. You know what I mean? But it's hard for your mind to wind down yeah. when sure. you're looking at So that's why like... I suggest putting, if you are going to be on your phone for like 30 minutes before you go to bed, mm -hmm. um, so I suggest putting uh, a night filter on so you can block out the blue rays mm -hmm. um, or the blue light. Um, the third con is um, academic problems because for kids, mm -hmm. um, they have less focus on school they have something next to them. Same thing with sleep disturbances, where you have it next to you while you're doing school. Mm -hmm. It's a big temptation to get on and, oh, I just got a notification, you know. Sure. Let me talk to Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that all the time with people. Um, and then they're, one of the cons is violence. Now, there's been some studies <clears throat> done to this. Well, you know how sometimes, um, you know, shooters, well, like, they've done some actually... research... Okay. Yes, there's some research, but that's just one of the things, like, in terms of if you're gaming all day, uh -huh. then you tend, especially, like, certain games, um, it all depends on what you're playing, too. Okay. Like, GTA, have you ever heard of that? Like, so many kids are playing that. You're talking about Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry, sorry, I'm just... Like, I know that's just the lingo, and I'm just not in... The but, like, those things are really, um, they're really language-heavy and stuff. Uh-huh. So, in younger kids... That's going to be more prevalent and stuff. Okay. And then um, vision, and I put strained eyes, dry, blurred, and headaches. So your eyes are going to be strained, dry, and blurred. Have Which, you experienced any of that? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, it's not, like, terrible, mm -hmm. but, like, every now and again, my eyes will just be... You know when your eyes are just kind of tired? Yeah. I notice it more when I've been looking at my phone late at night or something, <coughs> and in the dark... And mm -hmm. the whole yeah, that's light. In I've never really experienced the headache part. Mm -hmm. um, although I've also never been on a screen for a super long time, and it's just like I have to be on it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm guessing you might have experienced that when doing school and stuff for homework. But usually that's in a lit room. So if I'm looking at my in a lit at night, room, in a lit room, I keep saying lit. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what I am. Mm -hmm. um, but then the 
there's a, also another con is addiction and reward seeking. So when you're playing a game or if you're on your phone, if you're on social media, it releases dopamine. Mm-hmm. And um, then it's like anything, you have to keep doing it to get more of that. You know what I mean? And if you're not doing it, then a book seems boring because you're not getting right to the point. That'll feed into what I'm talking about a little bit. And, yeah. yeah. And one of the things that we're, I, I left out, but I want to say is I think a big drop in patience. You know I mean, um, I'm not sure if you're going to talk about that, but um, like with a game or anything, you're, it's easy to be, it, I feel like it's more easy to be patient with a screen than with a book. You know what I mean? Because you can find out what happens. You know where you're working. You mean less easy to be patient. More easy to be impatient. Oh, more easy to be, in, uh, yeah. More okay. easy to be impatient with a screen. So, I don't know. I think that that's a big problem. And then, uh, one of the big ones is social skills. Mm, because yeah. if, instead of hanging out with your friends, because social media and hanging out with your friends are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and also games. Yeah. You know, you're replacing some of those things with, um, with electronics, you know what I mean? When you should regularly be hanging out with your friends. Mm-hmm. So the big, the big question, the big question on everyone's mind right now mm. is how do I fix this? You know, That's what's I might, on my mind. I might not be spending eleven hours. I might just be spending three hours or four hours. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Which doesn't seem like crazy compared to like the average, I but think, that's insane. Yeah, I. You know what I mean. I agree. I started keeping track of my screen time a while back when I was going to work, and it was more like two hours. Mm-hmm. I think one to two hours is not is not not reasonable. Uh-huh. Um, not unreasonable. Uh, not unreasonable. That's a good use That's a of the word. Negative though. But yeah. Um, so these are a couple of things that I I I came up with personally. It's not that I looked up WikiHow. Um, <laughs> so they said delete the addictive apps. So if you have an app that you know is just like like a game uh-huh. or something that you don't need, it's best to delete those because then the temptation is going to be down a lot more. Even if it's I mean, something you don't use? Yeah, ju- just clutter, all okay. those things. Just delete them. Okay. Um, only to the ones that you really need. Um, monitor your usage. Um, there's something, I'm not sure exact, the exact, um, word, but it's like called the shock method or something. So, um, for people to actually stop doing something, like, so, um, if you're addicted to something, Uh then the shock method is to show you how much you eat in a year or, so this, this helps Shocking information, not uh physically shocking you. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That gets into bad stuff. Okay. Well, Um, that's what I had immediately thought of. And then put your phone... Put your phone on a gray scale so you aren't, in, like, enchanted by the colors. So it sounds kind of weird, uh-huh. but, you know, a lot of times why you are on your phone or something is because everything around you, it's not as vibrant. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Um, and so they suggest, you know, putting, like, one of those night filters. Mm-hmm. You can adjust how much you want. You know, put it all the way up. Darken your screen, too, mm-hmm. because... Like, it doesn't just, attract your eyes quite Yeah, and also you don't want to be on it because it kind of, like, you have to strain a little bit more. Uh-huh. Um, the big one, which I think is really interesting, is get a real alarm clock. Don't let that be your excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an alarm clock, alarm clock, use it. There's nice alarm clocks out there. 
that you... There are also really loud, obnoxious ones, like the one you have. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can spend, you know, 20 bucks and get a nice one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And pro- there's, like, Bluetooth alarms. You know, you're not... You don't have enough excuses to actually be able to use, like, oh, I want to play my music. You can mm-hmm. play those off of something else. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. True. Um, meals. Do meal. Fr- free. <laughs> meals that you don't use your phone on. Yeah. That phone would free be, meals. like, our family. Yeah. Most of the time. So yeah. someone might have their phone, but it's definitely not a constant one. Yeah. We're eating. Which I think is important just because um, how much of a social time that is you know what i mean especially with your family mm-hmm. um turn off notifications if you can i know that some of you guys are not gonna be able to do this um because of calls and stuff like that but i definitely think when you're sleeping don't have your notifications on yeah that makes so, the most sense um but if you can you know i suggest um leave if you're at home leave your phone in your room if you can um so while if, you're outside of your room. Yeah, while you're outside of your room, just leave it somewhere um, that you're not. That's a little bit f- farther away from you. Mm-hmm. And then also just turn off your notifications because it constantly buzzing in your pocket is not good, uh-huh. or hearing it. Um, and then create a plan. Um, so, say okay, I'm going to especially if you're doing homework, I'm going to do an hour worth of homework. I'm going to get on my phone for ten minutes. Uh-huh. I mean. And make so sure that you stay system? to it. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, because, I mean, you don't want it to be like, okay, my biggest reward is my phone. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's my only. But, like, create a plan. Like, you know, okay, today I'm going to not be on my phone for the entire first half of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do all this. And that, that suggests to my next one, which is keep busy. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let your... Which is hard right now but which which is hard but um like you're gonna be talking about with reading and stuff mm-hmm. there's alternatives you know what i mean if you're laying in your bed you do not have to be on your phone yeah that's that's important because i think the default for a lot of people is something on a screen mm-hmm. whether it's watching netflix or on being on social media or even just scanning through notifications it's yeah it's sort of a it's it doesn't like you said it doesn't tax your mind Mm-hmm. So it's and like it, mental coasting. It's also one of those things where it's not like, okay, I'm going to get through all my notifications and then I'll be done. Mm-hmm. You mean, it's not like that at all. You want notifications. Because that's your work, in quotes, on your phone, yeah. is getting through notifications off of that. But you want more notifications, usually. Mm-hmm. Especially for social media. You know what I mean? You want more people confirming you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, a big problem in terms of... Part of the mental stimulus. Yeah. Like the dopamine reaction. Also, just like, you're wanting people's approval mm-hmm. so it's changing your um your emotions you know what i mean mm-hmm. so your your emotions are affected by easy easier by certain things you know what yeah. i mean by just glancing at a screen you know what i mean we put so much stock in our phones or anything like that um that's basically it i think that this is a very prevalent issue mm-hmm. i don't think this is something that we should ignore at all well, um, i think as people have more downtime they're gonna find yeah. Or at least I have found that the default does tend to be, you know, getting on my phone. Even if there's not really anything to look yeah. at, it's just it's just something to do. Yeah, we're well, so afraid of not doing anything. Yeah, we're so afraid of being bored. I saw a joke that was like, you know, tw- um, 2012 or something, and it was like, you know, get off your phone and stay outside. Uh-huh. And then in 2020, it's like, 
stay on your phone and stay inside. Stay you know what I mean? Because that's what is suggested. Uh-huh. Not suggested, but that's what is expected. You uh-huh. know? E- kind of. Either you're gaming 24-7, uh, but it's not. you're not usually going to be like, okay, I'm going to read 20 books. You know what I mean? There's also the weird, uh, like you said, there's the weird encouragement of binge-watching TV shows. That's almost yes. seen as a positive thing now because you're expected to yeah, binge-watch. Which is crazy because I feel like so many people now getting together with people, mm-hmm. I feel like half that time... It's getting together to, to be something. on a electronic. Uh-huh. I mean, or, yeah, post pictures of what you're doing, which yeah. is often just taking pictures of each other. Yeah, and the big problem is, like we were saying, mealtimes, make sure it's not just with your family that you're going to be staying off your phone. Oh. Now, if you're around your friends, I know it can be hard to just stay off your phone when they're all on their phones. But, I mean, try to enjoy your food and stuff. I think uh-huh. that's important. That helps with healthy eating. I don't know. I think that all of this screen stuff it's really important because if we're spending so much time on something we need to know about it Mm -hmm. and i think unless i'm not saying here's what i'm saying i'm not saying that you shouldn't research stuff i'm not saying that you shouldn't use it for positive things Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that if you spend six hours on your phone um it would necessarily all be negative Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i'm guessing most of it wouldn't be because playing a game isn't negative in quotes you know Uh what i mean but you have to realize what you could be doing with with your time, what you should be doing with your time, and what you want to be doing with your time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you have to be um, really conscious of what you want. Because if you if the only thing that you always want is to be on a screen, then that's not healthy. Yeah. Because you need to want something else. Makes sense. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, but what are you going to be talking about? Break number two. I'm going to be talking about print books, the benefits of reading, and then also be suggesting a couple books that people should read, in my opinion. Well, I don't really need any book suggestions because i got a lot of books to read. Yay! But that should be interesting. So we'll be right back. Hey, guys. And we're here to talk about... Um, about... Um, about... Um, Anna's research topic, so what are you going to be talking about? I mean, I know that we've already covered what you're going to be talking about, but you can start now. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, so people in the Horton home know that I'm a big proponent of reading books, so that's not... And I I am too. I just want to put that out. Yeah, we all are, I think, to some degree. Um, So it wasn't difficult to find um, good reasons for reading books and the benefits of reading print especially. Um, I think that I felt a little bit weird doing all my research online and realizing, wow, this is still how I get most of my information. Um, but I did pull a lot of um, these, the thoughts for today from a book called, um, wait, uh, the three books actually. There's The Medium is the Massage by Marshall McLuhan, and then there's Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman, and the shallows what the internet is doing to our brains nicholas g carr which if you're interested in what joseph was talking about i would highly recommend it's a very interesting book and pretty engaging yeah one time i heard that the definition i'm not sure if this is true but the definition for amuse is a means um not to think Uh amuse means to think that would be like so it means not to think makes sense because i was used as a to change the meaning of something I think, to, to make it negative. I could go on and on about the meanings yeah. of words. But anyways, 
So um, the biggest point that uh, Nicholas Carr makes in his book is that reading print allows you to enter a mode of deep thinking where you are extremely focused on one topic. And the thing that screens do if you're trying to read a book on either a Kindle or on your computer or something like that is you have notifications that pop up on the side. You have ads. Even if you're reading on a Kindle, you have um, the movement of the screen, which is not a natural page yeah, you, movement. Yeah, you have the, like, okay, I'm going to tap here, and it's going to do something. And, you know, oftentimes that doesn't actually result in what you want. There's, your brain is, over time, people have grown accustomed to holding a book in their hands, having that weight, that feeling, like what reading is supposed to involve. Yeah. When we don't have that, we tend to get distracted by what else could be on the screen, what else we know is available to look at. Yeah, I remember when I was, like, younger, when we had a, our Kindle, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any kind of screen or anything besides the computer, uh, our family computer, and um, I would always get on there, and I'd be like, okay, I'm totally going to read. But then the entire time I'd be, like, trying to find, like, you know, highlighting sure. highlighting something or, like, finding the definition of something. Exactly, because there's so many possibilities when you're looking at a screen mm-hmm. as opposed to a page. Um, also, uh, the of course, the effect of not spending much time doing reading in print books is that you don't enter that sort of deep thinking, mm-hmm. um, which, again, is just involves a high amount of focus. And your brain actually is not able to continue to do that. Because something that uh, Nicholas Carr found as he did research for his book is that your brain is very flexible. It changes according to what you do most often. Mm -hmm. So if you spend all your time on the computer, which it sounds like most people do in some form Mm -hmm. or another, your brain starts to expect that. And you can't focus. This is why, you know, you aren't able to sit down and read a book. Maybe you found that, you know, yourself, your mind wanders you start yeah. looking at other stuff. You have to set time limits for how much time you can spend. Is there a way to get reading. back into? Uh, that? There is. Um, it becomes harder and harder as you get older. Um, but the more you spend time reading, especially challenging yourself with difficult mm-hmm. books, um, the more likely your brain is to revert, can revert back to, um, it, getting into that deep thinking, which yeah. is which is it crucial for things like academics. Um, if you're wanting to focus on one task as opposed to multitask, which is, you know, an interesting topic in and of itself because intelligence is measured differently now. Mm -hmm. Um, and multitasking is almost like a skill. You expect people to be able to do that because they have to maneuver lots of different projects at once. But it used to be that, um, intelligence was considered how much you could think about one subject deeply, how much you could learn about that. Yeah. When I was actually researching, they said that a big problem with screens is it's, um, they found that it's actually harmful to young kids' brains. Uh-huh. And it's, like, shrinking. Like, there's a part in the brain called the white. The or, white matter. Yeah, yeah, or something. And it's, like, shrinking that or something. I'm not sure. Yep. I also found that. Because <clears throat> it's interesting when you start looking at the benefits of reading. Yeah. It's all opposed to the what happens when you spend more time on your computer, yeah. more time on Which your Which is phone. crazy how much, how much there is. This is not... I think we accept screens and phones is something that always have been Mm -hmm. but this hasn't been around longer than longer than i've been alive yeah not much longer but like that's only like a little bit over 20 years which is in the scheme of like inventions and things that we research is not long at all Mm -hmm. definitely not um so quickly just a couple more benefits of of reading and then these aren't 
you know, linked as directly to print books in themselves, but um, we tend to absorb more information from print books, that sort of reading, but then, of course, it also builds our vocabulary um, and is supposed to increase our ability to empathize with others, huh. which I found interesting. interesting. Also, well, a I negative... Need, or, I need to keep reading. Yeah. <laughs> But also a flip, the flip side of what screens are supposed to do when mm-hmm. you were talking about violence. That's partially what surprised well, me. Also, I'm just going to say something. What I was also saying was that, like, um, a lot of the um, school shootings shootings has been linked back to video games. Um, I would say link is a strong word. Okay, not linked. Have those All those people were playing video games. Uh-huh. and Because and just because... Correlation is not causation. You can't say that, well, this person was doing that, therefore, True. that's yeah. what caused them to do yeah, it. I'm not sure how much I, I agree with that, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, video games call, cause violence. Uh-huh. But I do think that they cause, you know, especially if you're playing anything that's in the video game, mm-hmm. like language or disrespect, will be played out in some means or it's another. It's like the friends you yeah. hang out with. Yeah. So whatever whatever you see done, whatever you spend time Sorry, around. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop interrupting. On. No, that's okay. Um... That was important. Also, last thing, just benefit of reading, you can re- reduce stress and depression. And I had to add, depending on what you're reading, because mm-hmm, obviously true. there are books that are deeply disturbing. Um, and in terms of what types of books tend to grow your brain, there are lots of books that people have put out, usually self-help books, um, talking about you know different methods of strengthening your there brain, so different ways of you know, changing your thinking. Um, so those are endless, but the one thing that they all seem to have in common is trying to help you to think differently than you currently do. Trying to help you to think in different patterns than you may be used to. Um, so I, in my opinion, I think this is backed up again by just the benefits of reading in general that are well known. A little growl. I have little growls too occasionally. Okay. If, if you didn't hear it, it was just to clarify, it was a growl in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it's not from the outside world. Um, anyways, so th- the types of thinking that you can encourage by via reading books um, don't have to come from something that is self-help or mm-hmm. that is focused on changing your brain. Yeah, like fiction. I feel like all those ideas are really good. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Which is the one that, or fiction is the type of book that people have said is supposed to increase empathy because you're able to put yourself in other people's shoes. That's interesting. Um, and imagine. I didn't thought about that. It's called, um, what they call it is theory of mind is what it's supposed to increase. Uh, the theory of mind. It's the ability to think of someone else as an individual mm-hmm. with thoughts and experiences and difficulties so that, you know, if you're, for example, going through a drive through and you want your food fast, and people aren't getting your your food fast. Um, your food fast. You're able to see them as people instead of machines that can uh-huh. pump food out the window to you. Yeah. Somehow. Which I think a lot of people view a lot of workers like that. Mm-hmm. So I think to having... read more fiction. Yeah. True. Also, um, again, the push that I would suggest people be reading. During this time of corona. But during this time of need. Time of need. Um, I've started reading a lot more science fiction. Um, mm-hmm. it, in the past, I've been more obsessed with fantasy. Um, and the big difference there is that science fiction is trying to create parameters around the world that it presents 
trying to create rules. There's a lot more focus on um, how the world works, how the machines work, how people work, as opposed to just the magical elements. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually have a friend. You know Andy? From... From yeah. something? Yeah. Anyway, pretend like I do know him. Yeah, no, okay. you, no you know who I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he, he, he actually wrote a science fiction book. Right? Oh, he did? Yeah, he did. Okay. He, he writes a lot. That's interesting. Um, but the thing that science fiction seems to combine is a focus on, you know, the possibilities of science, either within reason or outside of reason, and those fictional elements that do increase empathy, do increase mm-hmm. theory of mind. Um, and lazy fiction, fiction that is expected, doesn't require the sort of brain leaps that science fiction might. So it works at an entirely different part of your brain, encourages to, to, you to use your imagination in different ways. Huh. So I have down here, just for because I thought they were interesting, things that science fiction books um, predicted, inventions that science uh-huh. fiction books predicted, um, and I want you to guess which ones of these science fiction books actually predicted, which ones that I just made up. Okay. Okay? So here's one. Contacts. They go in your eye. Um, I think that was actually predicted, although I feel like I'm guessing it was, like, a little bit more um, futuristic. Okay, no. I actually put that one down. Oh, man. So what about earbuds? Okay. Like, earbuds. Wire earbuds. Yeah. Not Bluetooth, like... He had a little thing in his ear. You know what I mean? No, that, that could also be. Okay, I'm guessing yes. Yes, you're right. Okay, yeah. Um, that makes sense. It does. I mean, it's very interesting, again, that people were able to come up with this well before it yeah. was ever invented. But waterbeds. I feel like that would be because, you know, you could just drown or something. Like, there's something fascinating about them uh-huh. to me. Yep, they were also predicted by um, a That's really interesting. Book. And then credit cards. I mean, these all do kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, like, seem like something out of a science fiction book. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, from the past, it it would seem like science fiction. Yes? Yep. That's also one. So, anyway, all these... Something that you can, like, spend limitless money in quotes. Exactly. You know I mean? So, it's taking an idea of what people wish, maybe, that humans could do, or mm-hmm. a possible, even a possible danger. Like, the atomic bomb was actually um, predicted huh. through a science fictional book by H.G. Wells. But... Is taking the idea of something that humans could do and giving it a name, even putting it in a story, and then people eventually go on to have that be the case. So if you read science fiction, you might be reading about the future. That's kind of weird and kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. And then quick, real quick, um, just some suggestions for where to start with um, sci-fi. There are different levels of sci-fi. There's hard sci-fi where it's very technical very focused on how the world works in hard mm-hmm. sciences, and there's soft sci-fi that focuses more on anthropology, psychology, that sort of thing. I haven't read science fiction. Well, the one that you were supposed to read that you didn't read, Enchantress from the Stars, is soft sci-fi. It's uh-huh. very much focused on how the brain works, but there are a lot of questions that are asked um, in that book about, uh, you know, what do people... How was science different from magic Mm-hmm. In one way. That's interesting. And then also, what would happen if there were different levels of intelligence in the universe, and some of them were focused on helping the other ones develop? Um, 
Oh, yeah, I remember I started that book. I know that was not your favorite. I would still be pushing for that. She really likes that book. She read it in, like, two days or something. Uh, No, it was more like a couple weeks. But anyway, and then kind of middle ground between hard sci-fi and soft sci-fi is Dune by um, Frank Herbert, which most people have probably heard of. It's very famous. David Lynch made a good yeah, I might, movie I might, about it. I might read it. I, I, Everybody hold your breath. I, I'm interested. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in like the shape of the book. It's really odd. So <laughs> you don't like odd really shaped weird. books. I like the shape of the book. But you don't like odd shaped books. You t- Mom said you didn't. Yeah, I know, but that one's really, really weird. So okay. I don't know. But that's that's a book that's more focused on the politics of a world. There is some focus on uh, uh, the mental side, but it's definitely more of a sci-fi that happens in between the hard sciences and the soft uh, sciences. And then yeah. hard sci-fi. Yeah, hard sci-fi. Hard sci-fi uh, is like The Martian, um, oh, which yeah. was also a movie which is was very, very focused to the point that it was, you know, taking directly from NASA um, on what would happen if a man was stranded on Mars. Is, is the book more sci-fi than the movie? No. The book is actually... The book obviously has more time to give you the reasons behind mm-hmm. um, why something would work. And it's much more detailed than the movie. Because I watched the movie and I really liked it. The book is also very good. Um, anyway, those are my suggestions. Um, in a time where... Th- you know, our ability to deal with something simple, seemingly simple, like a virus is hampered. It's interesting to be looking ahead at what yeah. humans could possibly do. Well, well, that's such a Michigan thing to do. Yep. Um, so we're going to take a long, huge break until Friday. Um, <laughs> I am. Um, she's going to take a week long break. Um, okay. This is kind of weird. So, we're going to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, we hope that was enjoyable, somewhat informative. Uh, bye. This podcast was produced by Anna and Joseph Horton in their closet with Anchor. We hope you enjoyed it.